Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? I'm Egbert, the owner of this station. Check out my website at Egbert.com. That's E-G-G-B-U-R-T, Egbert.com. Now it's back to Brad and John. Check out their website at BJShow.co. The BJ Show? Come on, guys. Anyway, here's B and J. He still doesn't approve of the way we named our show, John. I mean, what do we got to do? Well, here's the thing. The branding, so to speak, is already out there. Yeah. Brad's posting stories like a like a crazy man onto not stories audio like a crazy man onto YouTube. It's out there. We can't we 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 can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. And it's bjshow.co whether Egbert likes it or not. I'm posting stories on on uh, like a crazy man on YouTube and on Twitter and on Facebook. As a matter of fact, what's sort of interesting, a couple of our shows, I don't know why, uh, one of our shows is already over like 1200 views. I saw that. You know, I saw that yesterday. Do you think that's legitimate or is that some kind of a bot type deal? What do you mean? Are you questioning the fact that people wouldn't be listening to our show? Is that what you're saying to me right now? I think when you upload shows and when any creator uploads shows and most of the shows have zero views and then one has 1,200 quote-unquote views – that's when that's when I think hmm, maybe there's some sort of a bot involved, well, you know, from Russia or or God knows where, but who knows? I think it comes to the to the point where you know there's the the whole thing behind if you're doing any kind of internet marketing, the whole thing with SEO and keywords and blah 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 blah, you know, and and the thing that's frustrating to me and a lot of people is they change the rules all the time. You know what? Of course what, they do. What yeah. works what works today on Facebook doesn't work tomorrow. That kind of thing. But but the good thing is if you go back, I'm sorry to interrupt, Brad, but if you go back to if for folks who go to BJShow.co, they'll notice for for shows that have been posted this year, if you go to the blog section and look. We have a bit more detail up on each blog page, which – so for example, if you search 3rd Congressional District, today you're more likely to find results to our show than you were a week ago. Wow. It's amazing stuff. Now, now keep in mind, I don't know if you know this or not, but not only are you seeing these on YouTube, we, all, we now have our own YouTube channel. Did you know that? Oh, I, did I really? I mean, do we really? Yes, we have our own YouTube channel. So uh, we have our very – So we have two now is what you're saying. Well, we have our YouTube channel. We have our what's the we have our what's the other channel? The channel is the Facebook channel, or or what's the other channel? Well, the, I created a YouTube. Uh, I've have sent you some videos from it. Uh, I created a channel about three weeks ago that I posted clips. Oh, you to. created so now a we have two Brad YouTube and John channels. show. What what's the what's the what's the the keyword? It's Brad and John show. Yep, on YouTube. Well, uh, there's two Brad John shows on YouTube. Then. There are, there are. That's why I was surprised to see a new YouTube channel pop up over the weekend. But it's great. So the the new one now has full. Full shows, yes. and then the other one has highlights, um, which include you know which, which include visuals, so folks can watch. For example, two new videos were posted yesterday about the Francis Howell School District, the blackouts, so to speak, and Black History. So folks can find that by searching for Brad and John Show on YouTube. Okay, and then you can also find a new channel that has full audio 
shows of our we have to give our usual morning information slot that is john combest c-o-m-b-e-s-t he has a web address uh that is his name interestingly enough john combest.com and what he does is every day since 2001 he upstate updates uh what he thinks are the important stories around the state of missouri puts links some of these are radio stations, some of these are TV stations, newspapers, blogs, stuff like that. It's all on johncombest.com. So every morning we take a few minutes out of our first segment here, segment A, and we say, John, what are the three top stories in Missouri? Number three today is topical, and it's based on the weather. If you've ever been driving here in Missouri and you've seen a wacky sign by the side of the road, something with a punchline or something that references maybe pop culture or song lyrics, no more. You got two more years to enjoy it. You know, I, I have to be honest with you. We need to, Terry, let's, let's talk more. Let's use this as our talking point, start off our second segment. I have, I have mixed emotions about what's happened with this because I, there's a whole crazy thing for me. But anyway, that's interesting. Department of Transportation rules came down. You can't be topical. It has to be all serious stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about that in the second segment because one of the loudest voices about this is a state representative from O'Fallon who went on record in 2019 saying, hey, MoDOT, knock this off. Okay, so we'll, we'll talk about that in the second segment. Please. Okay, number two. And the number two story today, Senator Bill Igel who's also running for governor, as many of our listeners know, appeared on Scott Fawn's This Week in Missouri Politics yesterday, gave an overview of his campaign. But most importantly, after the filibuster that took place last week, most folks recall that on Thursday, Bill Igel and members of the Freedom Caucus uh, held a filibuster, essentially, on the floor of the Senate. And Bill was on Scott Fawn's show. And the unique piece of news that came from it is that Bill says that the Freedom Caucus is willing to come to the table and essentially stop what are considered obstructionist tactics if Missouri Senate Republicans elect new leadership. Now, that might not sound surprising, except Bill said, I should say Senator Eigel, Senator Eigel said that he knows that the member, that the that new Republican leadership won't come from his faction. So in other words, he concedes, look, it's not going to be me. It's not going to be another member of the Freedom Caucus. But we're willing to stop some of these tactics if Missouri Republicans in the Senate elect new leadership. So that's a really interesting piece of news. And it's, and it's a signal, I think, from the Eigel campaign that there might be a little bit of a softening in terms of approach. Not in terms of policy, but maybe in terms of approach. From, from, his, from his group, correct? Softness is Yeah, correct. From the what I went to that thing was where's that the Missouri Freedom Coalition is that what they call themselves uh, the, the Freedom Caucus correct Missouri in Freedom the last caucus. two sessions they've been called the Senate Conservative Caucus you know I have a problem with the word caucus <laughs> just, and why is that I just think it's one of those words that just sounds weird hey are you going to go to the caucus <laughs> well Brad that is a perfect tie-in to our number one story which is an update on Missouri's presidential selection and a caucus. So Missouri Republicans have chosen to elect their nominee for Missouri through the caucus system. Democrats will, will do a, a mail-in and in-person voting primary. So if you're a Democrat, you can either mail your ballot in or in, in urban areas you can show up and cast your, your ballot in person. And then we've covered the Republican caucus angle before. 
What I thought was interesting, and this is the top headline on my website today, which is from the Post-Dispatch. And as always, if you don't want to pay the Post-Dispatch subscription fee, I have a workaround on my website as the top link today. You're a terrible person, John. Thank you. I'm a philanthropist. <laughs> one, of the, one of the interesting things about what Democrats say is Repu- when you come in and you vote in a Republican caucus, you sign a document that vows, hey, I am a Republican I promise and, and do solemnly swear that I'm a Republican, okay? So in the Democrat caucus, anyone can participate if you're a member of any party except if you're a Republican. Now that sounds like, hmm, I don't know. Like that, like that makes sense that they would exclude you know, Republicans, but why do they keep it open to parties? Well, here in Missouri, there is a well-organized group called the Democratic Socialists of America. And they are the United States leading socialist party. And if you look in some areas, like St. Louis City has a really strong Democratic Socialist organization. Springfield in particular really punches above its weight. They organize most of the LGBTQIA asterisk plus events in Springfield. So it makes sense for Democrats to exclude Republicans but say, hey, you don't have to call yourself a Democrat to vote in the Democratic primary. Now, let me get a little bit of, of expert ed, uh, opinion from you. Democrat yes. socialist. Mm-hmm. Give me the difference between a Democrat and a Democrat socialist, okay? Yeah. Now, so, I mean, that's a clear punchline for any Republican listing. This is like, <laughs> what's the difference between the two? Now, the, now, on, now, jokes aside, the Socialist Party did a rebranding years ago. They they used to be the Socialist Party of America, and they just changed their name to Social Democrats or Democratic Socialists, one or the other. So they knew that they knew that just claiming to be socialists what probably wasn't as popular as if they put the word democratic in front of it. So, but let's and let's delve in that a little bit further. A true socialist is someone who and and you know and and let me throw something by you, which is recently recently unfortunately been in 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 the uh, the the, uh, the the news cycle, the October seventh attack on Israel. Right. Most of the people who were killed, except for the the people who were killed at the uh, the rave, the music festival, they were on kibbutzes, which essentially are socialist organizations or socialist communities, correct? Am I, mm-hmm. Do I have this correct? Yeah, I believe that's correct. Yeah. And a socialist believes that everything is everybody's. In other words, if you work hard and somebody else doesn't work very hard, uh, you still share the fruits of the combined group's labor, correct? correct. Am, I, yeah. am I okay on that? Yeah, so if you, if you harvest a certain number of crops, if you were taking a nap and you didn't work that day, you still get a portion of the livestock. Right, like, and the kibbutz actually had like a, I don't want to call it a mess hall, but a dining hall where you could go eat, and the food was served to everyone who lived there. And essentially, now, now you ask me if it was if there was a punchline about you know what's the difference between a Democrat and Democrat socialist, because people like AOC would be considered democratic socialist. Is that is that would that be correct to say? Yeah, and I think that I think that there's a real overlap there, and that's not a. Uh, 
you know, that's not a, a partisan take. I think members of the squad would identify as democratic socialists. Because what they want is they want the government to take care of, care of everybody. But in other words, the government is like is like good old mom who opens her doors. Hey, you're hungry. Come on in. Right. I'm, right. I got food on the table for anybody who needs to eat. Isn't that essentially what? what yeah. And that's sort of what Cori Bush is after, isn't it? The fact, well, uh, besides the fact she wants reparation for black people, she just wants the government to essentially take care of everybody and take care of everybody's needs. Yeah, I think that would. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to describe it. Sure. You know, you have all these crazy subdivisions and you and I, I mean, you especially, you are into this much, much, much more than I am as far as politics. Sometimes I just think to myself and I'm, I used this before and people listen to me on, on Westplex, maybe on this show have heard me talk about this before. Why can't we go back to, and it's a terrible thing to think about. Why can't we go back to December 12th, excuse me, September, yeah, September 12th. September 10th, you mean? Uh, no, oh, no, no, September, September 12th, 12th, the day after is what you're the saying. The day after, September 12th, 2001, the day after the horrendous attack uh, with the terrorists who uh, knocked down the two uh, towers in New York City, hit the Pentagon, and the fourth plane, which was diverted by the heroes on board, crashed someplace in Pennsylvania. Still to this day, they don't know if that was coming from the Capitol building or the White House. And on December 12th, there was a group of Republicans and Democrats who normally do not like each other very much, who sort of spontaneously, and there's still questions about if this was spontaneous or not, stood on the steps of the Capitol building. And was it America the Beautiful or was it? It was God Bless America. God Bless America. Okay. Republic- it was actually the night of the attacks, I think. I don't, I think it was the next day. I don't, I don't think, I, I'm almost positive it was the next day. I don't think it was that okay. night. We can Google it during the break. Yes. Uh, but, or maybe the day after the day after. But once again, I mean, you know, sometimes it frustrates me because someone will say to me, well, you're a Republican. And sometimes I'll just look <laughs> at them and go, you know what? I'm an American. You know, and they'll go yeah. like, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. I go, I'm an American, you know, because of the fact that I'm an American in the fact that, you know, if you go look, you know, from my father's side of the story, my father was first generation American. My, you know, I'm second generation American on my father's side. I think like third generation American on my on my mother's side. I like this country and I'm not afraid to say it. But by the same token, you can't be a homer and say, oh, everything's just great. Everything's wonderful. I, you know, I live in this, you know, it's, it's not like living in Barbie it's not world. A panacea. It's not Barbie it's world. It's not a utopian society. Right. And it needs some tweaking. I mean, it's sort of like if you have a car like I do, most of my cars have over 200,000 miles on them. They run, but. Every once in a while, you got to adjust this, and every once in a while, you got to put on a new brake line. And every once in a while, you yep. got to you yep. got to you know put on a new serpentine belt. And oh my God, you know that right rear tire has got a balloon in the side. Got to replace that. It's not like driving out of the showroom in a brand new car, going ah my God, I don't have to do anything for twenty thousand miles, unless it's a Chrysler product, and then you have to fix it after five thousand miles. But that's all another story. <laughs> so <laughs> my bias against Chrysler. Anyway. Uh, I just, you know, that's just me. And well, but, and, but so a, a critic would say, Brad, that on September 12th, we were not, as we, as we were in this sheen of patriotism, we didn't, we were distracted from the very real pain of the historically disadvantaged and people who were not doing well. And we were so busy wrapping ourselves in the flag <sighs> that we forgot about people who needed help. And that's you know, what a cynic would say. And you know what? Those people need to go to another country. They just need to go I, Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I've been on board for that for a long time. Like, love it or leave it. Well, but see, here's the other aspect of this whole crazy thing. I've said this before. 
you look at the British people after they had, you know, they had the double-decker bus attacks, which essentially were the same right. kind of attack, and they had bombing attacks. They bombed the tube, you know, the underground subway system, stuff yep. like that. The Brits just brushed it off and kept moving forward. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh, my God, we can't fly anywhere. Oh, we can't do this. We can't do that. Okay, the terrorists won. You know, I mean, they won in the respect that they disrupted our society. If we were true tough guys, we would have done the same thing the Brits did. And the the interesting history of that is that if you go back in the history of World War II, the Brits were getting the lid and snot kicked out of them by, by Germany. I mean, you know, they yeah. were in the war two years before we were in the war, and it was a usual thing for the, the, the Germans to, on almost a daily, nightly basis, for them to be bombed. The bombing yeah. attacks, you know, the waves of bombers would come over and drop bombs on London and things like that. And what is interesting thing is the day after you know, or you know, like the next morning, you'd see the people out on the streets of of, of London walking around, and, and life goes on. And life yeah. goes on. They're going to the market. Hopefully, the market wasn't bombed. They're going to the market. They're buying bread. They're doing this. They're doing that. You know, and and it got to the point where they got sort of accustomed to the fact that they were under attack, and they essentially say, you know what, we're going to rise above it. And I think the Americans, because you know, with the with the exception of nine eleven. We've never really been attacked. Well, I shouldn't say that. There's history, I guess. What was On it? domestic ground. Well, the, didn't the Brits burn our White House down? What was that? What yeah, year was that? Yeah. Okay, so in, in our lifetime, or right. our parents, or our grandparents' lifetime. Exactly. And, and essentially, in the 20th and, 20, uh, 20th and 21st centuries, we've never been attacked. Although, technically, there are people who will say that's not true, because do you know about the Japanese, the Japanese balloon bombs in World War II? Do you know about this? Oh, yeah, yeah. There were bombs that were actually, they were incendiary bombs that were actually floated across the Pacific from Japan. That and now China is just sending its own balloons <laughs> over, our, <laughs> over our country to take video. Almost 80 years later, that's, they're sending balloons, right? Okay, we're going to take a break. This is the Brad and John Show. You can check it out at bjshow.co. Did I get that right, John? You did. It's fantastic. I got, I got the JC uh, seal of approval on that one. It's